This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 36, a look at what is going on with ANSYS Discovery Live, along with news and events from the ANSYS world. Hi there, this is Eric Miller and his creaky chair bringing you this episode number 36 of the All Things ANSYS podcast. I'm one of the owners here at PADT and a longtime ANSYS user, and uh, we're glad to have you back. Uh, after some great discussions and our memorable interview with uh, John Swanson, we're here returning to our more standard format. We're going to talk about something uh, that's that's been upgraded in the ANSYS world, Discovery Live. Uh, we're going to get a little bit into depth of what's new and different and talk a little bit about it. Before that, a little update on the podcast. We've had 10,402 total downloads as of last Friday. I have not checked today, which is Monday. That's 35 episodes, so we're holding steady at 300 per. Um, uh, As of last Friday, we had 321 for the John Swanson interview. In fact, that went up to 357 over the weekend. So obviously a very popular topic. so it was great to have him on. We hope to have more people like him um, from the kind of the history of simulation come on uh, in the coming months. Let us know what we can do better at podcast.padtinc.com. And don't forget to subscribe. And uh, like I said, we're working on some special programming as well, which we'll talk about uh, when we close out. So without further ado, let's join uh, myself. Uh, let's see, it was Ted and uh, Clinton and myself got together to talk about Discovery Live. So let's join that discussion. Hey there, welcome for our discussion today on the ANSYS Discovery Live product. And I've got with me uh, Ted and Clinton who have been using the new version of the product quite a bit. So uh, we'll start with you, Ted. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about you and uh, then Clinton. Yeah, this is Ted Harris. I manage our simulation support group here at PADT. And... A long-time ANSYS user, but not so long with Discovery Live because it's not that new of a product, but um, have been using it since it was in its pre-production form. Good. Clinton Smith. I'm the CFD team lead uh, application engineer here at PADT, and my team and I support the uh, CFD thermal uh, family of products, including Discovery Live. And I've uh, been using it as well since uh, its early days of a few years ago, and I've uh, seen a lot of value from using the tool and, and helping customers learn it. Cool. And I'm Eric Miller, and uh, I, I've been using Discovery Live actually since before when it was kind of a concept. Uh, one of the developers was in town for a SolidWorks conference and said, I want to come over and show you something, but you have to sign all this paperwork. So I signed away my life with a special double indemnity uh non-disclosure agreements and he showed it to me and I, and, I, and I honestly didn't think it was real. I was a little blown away by it um, and it took me a long time to get my head around it and now uh, I'm a big advocate for it. So as, as background, um, Ted, why don't you tell us, for, for people that aren't really familiar with it or maybe have only seen the marketing uh, blitz on it, what is Discovery, ANSYS Discovery Live? So it's a, it's a simulation tool that's really intended for early in the design process, so people doing initial design, preliminary design, designers. I mean, it doesn't compete with the flagship ANSYS tools or, or, you know, higher-end simulation tools. It's really meant to give us information early in the process 
And what's fantastic about it is it is incredibly fast. And the reason it's incredibly fast is because it uses the NVIDIA GPU for solving. So uh, the, the rendering capability, you know, all the, the CPUs that are part of a, gra a, a GPU, um, it takes advantage of all that parallel computing power to get solutions very quickly. So it's really using, you know, video gaming type technology. Um, and it, it, you know, it's billed as giving you instantaneous feedback and that literally what it is what it is. I mean, it may be a few seconds, but compared to your traditional simulation where um, even a, you know, a short analysis is gonna take a few seconds and maybe a couple of minutes, this is you know, anywhere from one second to just a, a handful of seconds to get meaningful, useful results. And and kind of you have to kind of play with it to get your head around it sometimes. But kind of the simplest thing that I do to to show people is just to make a flat plate, put a hole in it, bend that plate or pull on that plate, and then you can change in real time. You can change the size of the hole by dragging it, and the stresses update as you change it. And same thing goes for fluid flow. You can have a, a pipe with a constriction in it. You can change the diameter of that constriction, and you can see how the pressure and velocity changes as you as you change that in real time. Um, we are at version 2019 R1. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. That's the new new uh, scheme. And what physics are supported at that version? Uh, there's been updates to all of the primary physics types. Okay. So historically, discoveries had mechanical or structural, mm -hmm. thermal physics, and also fluid physics. Okay. And so each of those have seen a, a variety of additions and upgrades okay. and new models, boundary conditions, and so on. Okay. So for structural, it's static and modal. Okay. Is what's available. So no contact, no nonlinear material. Well, there's contact, but it's okay. all bonded. Okay, bonded contact. Okay, so you don't have to have a continuous mesh. And on the CFD side, just kind of a high overview, what are the... The limitations on the kind of solvent you can do is it transient it is transient but uh, it's transient by definition yeah mm -hmm. yeah you can integrate it or sort of turn off transient mode and solve in steady state now okay so that's a that's nice feature uh, you can gather statistics and so you can sort of converge your transient solution uh, but but some new cool features with the CFD mm -hmm. physics there's a, actually a, ro a rotating wall boundary condition oh nice so you can model you can approximate the effect of a spinning device imparting power to the fluid or taking power from the fluid uh, and and the cool thing about that is that it also maps over into aim so you can the the whole uh, connection of results from discovery live going to the next step with is which is aim in some case maybe workbench is being improved and upgraded so you great. can take your moving wall push it over to aim and actually do a moving reference frame great calculation uh, other cool things to be aware of on the CFD side, there's a swirl inlet, so you can actually give the flow a swirl component okay. on the inlet. So you don't have to model that <laughs> and have it predict it. You can just say, here's the angular momentum imparted. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and the rotating wall works much the same way. You just pick a surface or surfaces and give it a, uh, you know, an RPM or an omega. Great. Basically. Uh, what else? There, this I think is true for all the physics, but it, it probably is a little bit, you know, more relevant for CFD. But when you have results like streamlines or uh, you're releasing particles into the flow, you can actually very quickly copy and drag the little particle emitter. 
Uh -huh. So if you have particles coming in the inlet, but you want to see particles coming in another inlet, or you want to just drop it somewhere close to where you're interested, you can make multiple little emitter Oh, points. nice. Okay. And it's, it's basically just uh, can hold control and mm -hmm. drag it and make a new one. And that's a key capability, right? When you're doing design and you want to know what happens when you make a change, you want to put those little particles in there and see how they flow. That's, that's nice. Exactly. Uh, another one that's pretty useful, uh, this is, it's been possible to do this, but they, they really enhanced it. So you can create an arbitrary line through the model. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in CFD, you want it on the center line, or maybe you want to intersect a surface or what have you, and then interrogate that and watch the line plot in real time. Okay. So, so make changes and see how it changes along that line. Along that line. Very yep. cool. Uh, whatever you're looking for, pressure, velocity, temperature. Uh, there's also a whole new set of temperature, heat, flux, boundary conditions that have been oh, added. Good. Not all of them in R1, but there was several of them in 19.2. Okay. So you can have a temperature load, you can have a heat flux load, you can have a heat flow load coming into your fluids model. So you could do some, if you're doing design and you need to cool off something, you could do some pretty quick and, and easy uh, convection cooling uh, using this. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Very nice. Uh, one other thing too, this applies across all physics. Uh, that's pretty amazing is the result that you set up. So any contour plots or line plots or whatever it is are all saved and retained with the project or with the. Oh, good. It's actually just an SC doc file. Right? Okay. It's a space claim format file. Okay. So you open it up next time and everything's there. You can kind of keep mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just as kind of a refresher, one of the ways that, say, our design department uses this product, right? And the way our engineers use it is to do what-if studies. So a lot of these things are making those what-if studies more powerful, whereas before maybe, like we do have a we do have one application where we've got an electronic component that gets too hot, um, and we're, we're trying to figure out how to get the heat out. We would have gone and done a full uh, ANSYS mechanical or even maybe even a fluent simulation because it is convection cooled um, to, to size it. Now the design engineer can do that himself on his box, get it close, um, answer some key questions, and then we can refine it by sending it over to, to Clinton and his team to do the more detailed. So that's pretty useful. Ted, anything new that you want to talk about that you saw? Well, there's some structural enhancements, so some additional boundary condition types. We can now apply a remote force, uh, distributed mass. Uh, there's a new, uh, some additions to the types of displacement constraints or supports we can define, so cylindrical, spherical, planar, nice. uh, what ANSYS calls hinged, which is uh, uh, simply supported. Um, okay. And then... Uh, there's some new abilities to rename uh, things, like uh, boundary conditions can be renamed to more uh, you know, meaningful names mm -hmm. to us. So just some niceties like that. Mm -hmm. Any changes on the... It's uh, one thing we didn't mention, we kind of, Clinton kind of mentioned it in passing, is um, this product is actually built into the space claim geometry yeah, modeling Yeah, I realized tool. when you asked me about what it was, I didn't mention that. Yeah, so yeah we, have, we, 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 we kind of, that. it's a given now because it's been a couple years, it's been a year or more now, so we kind of forget. But but for those that are not familiar with the product, it's actually built into our solid modeling tool called space claim. Um, any changes to space claim that impact Discovery Live? I, I don't remember any, but I think. Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head, but... 
you know, what people should be aware of if, if you're not familiar with Discovery Live mm -hmm. is you can bring in geometry from virtually anywhere, mm -hmm. just about any CAD system, any CAD neutral file format, or you know, SpaceClaim has its own full set of geometry creation, geometry modification tools. So you can build geometry right there if it makes sense to do that, or you can bring in geometry and modify it as needed. And the modification is a beautiful part of what Discovery Live can do because you can make changes to that geometry. And as we said earlier, pretty much instant, instantaneously see the results of those changes on uh, our simulation results. Very cool. Um, trying to think of what else to talk about with the product. Um, what, what, what's coming down the pipe that we can talk about? Uh, stuff that's beta now or we've heard? Well, there's a beta topology optimization. Um, it, it is beta. It's not ready for production use, but it's you know a preview of what's coming and being able to do topology optimization within Discovery Live is, is going to be uh, you know make it even more powerful for additive manufacturing applications. Um, one thing that we we didn't talk about that um, is fairly new. I, I don't think it's new in the the latest release, but the ability to do a parameter study, ah. so you can make. Uh, geometric quantities parameters or loads parameters and very quickly do a, a parameter study where you're varying inputs um, by you know ranges that we specify and in tracking outputs so that's another way that we can get results very quickly on discrete values of inputs that we might want to look at and another thing to so that's really useful because one of the one of the neat things about the tool is the fact that you can like drag a hole and change it right but in, and that's cool but in engineering what I really want to know is how sensitive is some value to that hole size right so I, I want to actually put in numbers right. so you can very easily tables make out. that yeah. hole diameter uh -huh, parameter. parameter good and set up a table of values that you want it to go through or, or starting mm -hmm. and ending in a number in number of uh, values in between and have it go and solve each of those and really get sensitivity there um, so one of the big things about the tool is that you give up a little bit of accuracy for speed uh, but it's not significant you guys we've been using it for a while so um, I think that's still a valid statement right I mean it's, well, it it's depends close on, enough it depends on the application yeah you know if you're if you got yeah you know, I'm looking at Clinton right now if you've got tiny channels with fluid yeah. flow in there, <laughs> it's probably not gonna be able to resolve those at the level of a, a fluent or CFX mm -hmm. would be able to do. Right. Yeah, there's, so, there's still certain use cases where you, you are definitely going to have to go to the flagship mm -hmm. tools. Um, cases where there's you know any kind of turbo machinery rotating okay. to stationary type of machine, mm -hmm. um, you can do some basic sizing with Discovery Live, right. but the rotor-stator interaction or machine performance or anything like this, mm -hmm. same with any kind of reacting flow. Right. That's uh, not possible mm -hmm. at this point, other than, again, basic sizing mm -hmm. like pressure drop, cold flow pressure mm -hmm. drops, or mm -hmm. uh, basic thermal design questions. But the idea is it gets you close, mm -hmm. and then you can do yeah. your detailed analysis on what may be the final design or what you know is hopefully a lot closer mm -hmm. to the final design than where we would have been without right. this tool. So, so on the structural side, if you have some, some small features, or stress concentrators, or things like that that'll get paved over. Those are the things that you have to be aware of. But yeah. or nonlinearity, or nonlinearity, important. Yeah. But again, it, it's a. I think one of the reasons why people haven't adopted the tool as fast as they should 
is simulation people, full-time simulation people look at it and go, well, this doesn't do what I do. That's exactly right. It doesn't do what you do. That that's what Ansys is for. That's that's what the flagship products are for. Yeah, it this doesn't. Is, yeah, it's yeah, not meant to replace. It's mm -hmm. meant to complement. Mm -hmm. This is to do what ifs and understand the behavior of your part on a coarser level, um, and and it's very powerful. We we found it very powerful in that way. Um, any any uh, any anything you want to say about graphics cards? Should you invest in a bigger card, smaller card, medium sized card? What well, have we learned with our customers? Yeah, so a requirement is an NVIDIA GPU, mm -hmm. and uh, the the more video memory on the GPU, the better. Okay. So the the size of problem it can solve is directly related to the amount of GPU memory. Okay. So the more GPU memory you have, the more resolution you can put in your in your uh, simulation. And that's the same GPU that, let's say you're a SolidWorks user for CAD, it's the same graphics card you're using. So if you have a high-end CAD graphics card, it just uses it to do the solve. It's not separate. As long as it's an NVIDIA. As long as it's NVIDIA. That's the, the CUDA language that it uses is supported on the NVIDIA card. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's something that, you know, the, the average user is going to be a high-end design engineer. Um, and, and, and you should all have good graphics cards anyway because you're going to be more efficient in your CAD stuff. So this, this is an, another way to justify maybe an upgrade to your graphics card because I think the key point is like it ran on my old laptop which, which had an NVIDIA chip in it but it had almost no video RAM, but it solved. It just, it was less than instantaneous. Right, so uh, the, minimum, <laughs> the minimum recommendation mm -hmm. is four gigabytes of okay. video RAM on the GPU. But more is better. More is better. Eight is okay. better, 16 is even better. 16 is even better, okay. Yeah. So, so definitely, but we do run it on laptops, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I, I should demo it all the time demo on the laptop, laptop with okay. four gigs. And it's, yeah. and to, if you throw like a, you know, a caravan of vehicles and you mm -hmm. do external aerodynamics over that, it does bog it down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You can't do five semis in a row, but you can do one semi truck. Yeah. 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 Cool. The, um, uh, I should have looked this up, but is it still, are they still able to log on online and run it on in the cloud as a demo? Or is that no longer no. a capability? Okay. When it first was introduced, so, there was a way to kind of try it out. Right. So, so what's the best way to try well, it out now? It's still available two ways. One is the subscription model, which was the original method. And mm -hmm. more recently, it's available with normal FlexLM licensing. Okay. So for PADT customers, they can just contact us and we can get them an evaluation license and, okay. and get them going that way. So we just do an eva eval key and you can try it out. Um, and then we also have done some recent seminars on 2019. Is that correct? Or well, we, we actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. We actually have one coming up on Wednesday, May 8th, okay. on our Bright Talk webinar system. Okay. Great. And it's on uh, Discovery AIM and Discovery Live. So we'll okay. be talking about what's new, uh, not just uh, sitting around a microphone, but yes, you can actually showing see things on the screen. <laughs> It's always good to see the see the real thing. So we always recommend uh, if, you, if this piqued your interest, even if you're not going to use it, your design engineer should. Um, I think any any organization that's doing any kind of, of design that just wants wants to do what if type uh, simulation in real time, this is a tool to take a look at. Um, uh, oh, another thing to mention, we don't really get too involved in because we don't have a lot of customers that use the PTC products, but Creo just released with. Uh, this embedded in it. So the the, the embedded uh, simulation tool for the PTC Creo product is now Discovery Live, or it's an option at least. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, right or wrong, we just don't have, I think we got maybe one or two customers that use Creo and they're on like versions from five years ago. So I don't know that we've actually had the opportunity to play with it. We have. So, um, but, but if you are a Creo user, definitely take a look at it in that environment. Uh, that's pretty exciting uh, that it's embedded in there. It's but called Creo as, Live is the name of the Creo Live is what it's but called. But as I mentioned earlier, you, it works with all, yep, CAD all CAD formats. Yep. So I'm not aware of any. There might be some, you know, obscure, right, esoteric <laughs> systems. It doesn't. But all the major CAD systems, you can just read that geometry right in. Single parts, assemblies, mm-hmm. um, and you're off and running very quickly. Yeah. So it's, it's CAD independent, which is very nice. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, it's you know it's it's really a game changer. It's an mm-hmm. exciting thing to to show to customers, and it's a, an exciting thing for us to use. Clinton, yeah, the uh, coming in the next release, there's mm-hmm. going to be even more integration with the flagship tools. Great. So there's they're adding buttons already that are there that connect Discovery Live to Fluent, Discovery Live to Mechanical. Um, so that's that's going to be really awesome. And then I'll add to just on, based on mm-hmm. a previous comment. Even for folks who are doing detailed combustion or reacting flows, uh, we have presented it to folks like that, and they have even seen some value okay. again from doing a sizing type of early, very early stage design. You know, one D, quasi two D, or okay. cold flow. So there is uh, even if you're that person, you're a detailed to machine <laughs> designer. There's there's still use cases. It's still use there for it. Yeah, because it gives you an answer so quick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very useful. We're in the waiting a couple of days or a couple of hours. Um, or even a couple minutes. Maybe a couple minutes. Yeah, I know. We're so impatient now. Um, so uh, really highly recommend everybody take a look at it. Um, don't don't be an old curmudgeon and kind of go, ah, it's not accurate. It's not, it's not real simulation. That's just not true. It's not valid. Um, there's a lot of use for this tool. You just got to understand what it's good at and how to use it. And uh, you can make it part of your workflow or part of the workflow of others in your company. Uh, as always... Reach out to us if you have any questions. Definitely check out the webinar. There's some good videos out there on YouTube if you just do a, a search for ANSYS Discovery Live. Uh, it's definitely seen as believing. So we really recommend reach out to your ANSYS provider and get a temp key. Uh, give it a shot. Uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty dang fun to play with and very valuable. So that's it for now. Um, and and thanks, thanks for talking with me, guys. Um, any any uh, last words before we sign off there? Or just goodbye. I guess. Just goodbye. Until <laughs> <laughs> next time. Go yes. try Discovery Live. Go try Discovery Live. That's a good way to finish up. Thanks, everybody. So that was our discussion on Discovery Live. Do remember that this is a different tool for different uses. Um, we're finding that companies who treat it like a high-end simulation package uh, don't get the value out of it, that it really is a very powerful tool to get quick answers quickly. Um, r- really cool stuff. So do check it out. Uh, we talked about in there how to do that. Just reach out and uh, we'll get you a temp key. So if you've not looked at it, you definitely should. And I guarantee it will change the way your design department does design. So let's pause and take a commercial break. On these podcasts, we have a lot of fun talking about, well, all things ANSYS. From new features to reminiscing about the good old days of batch input files, only a few listens will convey the fact that we really are passionate about this set of software tools. Did you know that you can have that passion and experience at your service to help you purchase and use tools from ANSYS? PDT is an ANSYS Elite Channel Partner, and if you live in the southwestern United States, you can purchase your licenses and get your support from the people on this podcast. As you can tell by listening, we not only know the tools, we know how they are applied by users in real-world situations to drive product development.
Get more value from your ANSYS investment by working with PADT to manage and enhance that investment. If you are located in Southern California, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, or Texas, and you are interested in exploring ANSYS as your simulation solution, adding to your existing ANSYS products, or simply getting support from the experts who go the extra mile to make you productive, contact PADT at 480-813-4884 or send an email to sales at padtinc.com. We are here to make sure you get the most of your investment in the fantastic suite of tools from ANSYS Inc. And don't worry, even though the email says sales at padtinc.com, our sales experience is just like the podcast, knowledgeable and interactive with some fun sprinkled in. Give us a call or send us an email. And thank you for listening to our little commercials. Now, back to our podcast. So we'll start where we normally do with the ANSYS stock. Uh, when I looked at the stock values last Friday, 426, April 26th, it was at 194.66. It, it had actually uh, set an all-time high, I believe, above 195 uh, for a little bit there on Friday. It's down this morning. Um, I don't know why. As I always say, I don't understand the stock market. Um, but we can. I think we can safely say that the ANSYS stock has recovered from the crash. So year-to-date, the S&P 500 is up 19.54%, and ANSYS Inc. is up 39.4%. So it continues to uh, do better than the average bear out there in the bear market. Is that a, is that a stock market pun? Um, <laughs> one thing to note is that uh, ANSYS will do their Q1 earnings call, will release their Q1 earnings on May 1st. So that's after the market closes on May 1st, which is coming up looking at my handy-dandy calendar on Wednesday. So uh, we'll see what happens, what they have to say about their Q1. So that'll be interesting. In ANSYS news, there's not a lot because they are in a quiet period. But uh, one thing of note is two companies signed up for strategic relationships with ANSYS. The first one is important from an engineering standpoint. LG Electronics, who is a massive manufacturer of electronics components, has uh, signed up with a multi-year agreement. It's an enterprise-wide agreement for the whole of LG Electronics. So that's uh, really good news for the users at LG as well as the ANSYS world to have more, more users in such a uh, forward-thinking and leading company out there. Uh, but more importantly to me is that Ferrari GT racing team has signed up uh, with their partnership with ANSYS. So um, I happen to have the Lego version of the GT car. Um, it's a, for, uh, ANSYS has been a, a sponsor for quite some time now. It's been a couple of years now of the GT. Uh, this is not Formula One. This is uh, Grand Touring. Um, and it's a really cool car. I uh, think uh, 24 hours at Le Mans type stuff. And uh, uh, do check that out. If you if you just Google Ferrari and Ansys, there's some cool pictures. And uh, and if you are a Lego person, you definitely need to get that car and uh, stick that Ansys logo on there and display that proudly in your office, like I do. Um, news in the PDT world? Nothing. We got nothing new. Um, we're still recovering from our 25th anniversary. Uh, no new announcements. Nothing special to report. Uh, same on the blog side. We haven't really had any time to do blogs. We're just busy uh, with new customers. Ansys. Um, last time. Uh, not the John Swanson episode, but the one before, when I was recording it, I pointed out the fact that the ANSYS website was down. So I wasn't able to really report on anything um, from the ANSYS blog or news from ANSYS. But 
Good news is it's back up. It didn't last for more than a couple hours, probably. Um, so I've got six or five articles I think everybody should check out. Uh, the first one is by Steve Pills, who's a longtime ANSYS employee and kind of a really knowledgeable guy that uh, works in the additive manufacturing team. Um, he may even be in some way in charge of it. I can't remember whose role is what over there anymore. But uh, he wrote a great article about using uh, computer tomography, CT scanning, and simulation together to inspect your metal additive manufacturing parts. So that's a very interesting article that we're all, we're all very interested in knowing how to certify these AM parts. So check that out. Um, a, a classic problem in, in out there uh, when you're designing things is when you design a giant sail and then stick it in the wind. And almost every solar panel made is a sail that we stick in the wind. So using CFD to figure out how to keep it from blowing off the roof or off of the, how it's held down on the ground is pretty useful. Uh, Bill Culp posted an article sharing a study uh, on one such application and what to look for when you're modeling these, these flat plates that uh, get, get blown around. The next one looks at a new module in ANSYS called ANSYS Material Designer. It's in the ANSYS Mechanical Enterprise product. And what it allows you to do, amongst many other things, is model microstructure in composites and other complex materials. So you've got kind of this, this crazy little material behavior on the micro scale, and you want to figure out how to model that on the macro scale. And it shows you how to step through the process of modeling the micro, converting that into the macro, uh, it's pretty cool. I, I don't want to give away everything in the article, but um, if you ever work with material that's anything other than a amorphous solid, uh, check that out um, on the mechanical side. There also is a really good article about two new products from ANSYS uh, they were acquired that are kind of outside our normal physics of CFD, electromagnetics, heat transfer, structural, etc. Um, one is our embedded software simulation tool and the other is a tool for doing functional safety studies. And they combine those two to look at um, an autonomous car application where you can, you can test your embedded software and do functional uh, safety studies at the same time. So it's really well summarized in that post. You can get your head around it. So even if your area is, is not in those embedded software or functional safety, it's something you should know about because more and more of these systems are requiring that. And then the last thing I think everybody should take a look at is a really good article on digital twins in the oil and gas industry. We're all very excited about using digital twins more, and this is a great example in an industry that it's a really good fit for. So check that out. Uh, Event-wise, I'm off to AeroDef. Uh, in fact, uh, it starts tomorrow. I'm getting on an airplane this afternoon, headed to Long Beach. I know it's the worst place to go for a conference. Uh, we don't have a booth uh, there, but I'm speaking on Wednesday on design for metal, metal additive manufacturing. And I'll be hanging out in the additive manufacturing track most of the time. So if you're going to be at AeroDef and you get this before then, let me know. I'd love to, uh, to chat with you. Then our next webinar is, as discussed in the um, our discussion today, <laughs> is on the ANSYS Discovery products, and that's going to be May 8th at 11 a.m. primetime. Go to brighttalk.com and search for PADT or find it on our events page to register. And again, you don't have to watch these, these webinars live, although we prefer it because you can ask questions, but you can also download the recording and listen to them later at your leisure. And last of all, I hinted at this earlier, we've got a big conference coming up here in Phoenix, the Turbo Expo. You know, it goes, it's in the U.S. one year, and then the next year it's in Europe, and it goes back and forth. This year for the U.S. location, with Honeywell Aerospace being here in town, uh, they are hosting the Turbo Expo in downtown Phoenix. So we're very excited about that. Yes, it's June. 
we know it's going to be hot. We'll, we'll make some marketing hay out of that, I think. But um, if you're coming to Turbo Expo, please do reach out to us. We, what we want to do is record a podcast. So we'll have a booth. We'll be in the Flownext booth and the ANSYS booth as well. So stop by and say hi to anybody in a PADT shirt. But also, if you'd like to be on the podcast, we'd love to get a group of people together and talk about ANSYS and Turbo. Um, so send an email to podcast at padtinc.com, and uh, we'll get you on the list to join the discussion. We'll just kind of set up in our booth there and kind of huddle around the microphone and have a discussion at some point. I'm looking forward to that. Um, we're sponsoring some events before and after. Um, so, so you'll see PADT quite a bit. Definitely let us know if you're going to come to the Turbo Expo, and um, we'd love to hear from you. That's it for this week's podcast. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in to our newsletter. Spread the word, get more people listening, get more people signed up, and don't hesitate to reach out, as we always say, and let other people know that they should be listening to the All Things ANSYS podcast. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 36. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only, and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.